0: Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to our latest update from Hashtag Tourism Body Tuesday. My name is Dylan Hearn from Backroads Touring Co and I thank you all for joining us today. Today we stay close to our last podcast update in Central Europe and just head across the border to the wonderful country of Austria. I did put, leave myself a note to insert the sound of music clip but due to legal ramifications I can't and my singing is atrocious so I will, I will save you all the burden. But at Backroads Touring, we offer two tours featuring Austria. And like many countries we have mentioned, we are one of the only, if not the only tour operator to really focus on this one country as a whole. And take your guests to the heart of it all, as well as the amazing, amazing larger cities we are all familiar with. Now to do this right, we have Katrina Denk from the Austrian National Tourist Office to take us all away and show you what a beautiful and grand destination we have for you. Welcome,
1: Katrina. Hello, hi, also from my end. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with all of you guys today. Um, so yes, my name is Katrina Denk. I'm the Marketing Manager of the Austrian National Tourist Office in Sydney. Um, you can see my, my email address here, so if you have any questions after, um, you can always send me an email and I'm happy to to give you some more detailed information. But yeah, let's start with me talking about my beautiful home country
0: why not let's talk about um let's talk about your country that's why we got you on board today but i love how you've named the presentation essence of austria the name of our main tour as it allows us to follow a pathway to some amazing towns and helps our travel partners see where else they can appreciate whilst traveling around now what are some of the key things i know about austria well the national food is almost the same as Australia. The good old schnitty. Although we f- far too often put toppings all over it when a good squeeze of lemon would do. And the Austrian national drink. We all know it. Red Bull. No, I'm being silly. It's a drink that I can't pronounce properly, so I can be corrected here by the Almdudler to refresh them with with their schnitty. Well done. Hey, trying to get local. Austria is part of the EU, which means most your travellers who are carrying Euro won't have to be changing monies. But, you know, Katrina, what other languages are commonly spoken in Austria?
1: Um, so we speak German, but we're, we're a little bit like Aussies. So we have a different accent or dialect. It really depends on where you are in Austria. In the eastern part, they speak more proper German. But as further west you go, it gets, gets a little bit more... I don't really know how to say that, but it just gets a little bit more <laughs> messed up German. <laughs> um, um, so yes, German is our is our national language.
0: I totally understand. I'm originally from Adelaide, and we overpronounce everything because we do speak the Queen's English in in Adelaide. But uh, <laughs> coming across the East Coast, we are uh, we changed the Australian accent somewhat so I understand what you're talking about but let's kick on with the presentation ladies and gentlemen please fasten your seatbelts let's pretend we're on a plane as we take you all the way to the essence of Austria so let me
1: first sorry speak a little bit about um, where Austria is and what Austria has to offer in general so on the little map in the left corner, you see we are right in the heart of Europe. Um, we're surrounded by nine countries and the Vienna airport is the, the main airport in Austria. It's also a great international hub for other destinations in Europe, for example, for um, Eastern Europe. Um, On this map here, I also tried to visualise a little bit uh, how diverse Austria is. Um, In the east, you have Vienna, which is surrounded by vineyards. We'll come to that a little bit later. It's a fact not many people know about it. Sounds good to me. Um, And then the further west you go, um, you, you get into the Alps. So they start in about Salzburg and then all the way west. In, in Salzburg here, you can also see a little boat, which is also in the, in the south in Corinthia. That's where, where the lake regions are. You might have heard of the Salzkammergut, which is in Salzburg and in Corinthia, it's just a lake region with beautiful lakes and some beaches.
0: Oh, inland beaches, lovely. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, um, if we go to the actual tour of Backroads Touring, Essence of Austria, you can see the itinerary here prepared for you. You actually start in Munich, which is in Germany, but don't tell anyone. And then <laughs> you, <laughs> you cross the border straight away and you start in Zellamsee in the beautiful Salzburger Land.
0: Yeah, don't hold it against us that we start in Germany. We do jump across on day two straight away into Austria to maximize our experience there. But I guess it's a nice little hub spot to uh, to start the, uh, the trip with. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, from what I can see, we aren't actually traveling that far at all each day, which really uh, makes the back roads touring experience a hell of a lot easier for your guests. I mean, in fact, I had a bit of a look beforehand. It's only four and a half hours drive straight through, from Munich through to Vienna. So, realistically, we're taking eight days to complete something that can be done in four and a half hours. So, really, your customers aren't going to be on buses all day long. They're having multi-night stays in a couple of places there, some beautiful towns that I'm sure they hadn't heard of. Um, But uh, where should we start today, Katrina?
1: Um, Let's go to Tlemci, which is also the first stop on the tour. Here you can see... A beautiful image of Telemsee, which also really shows what the town is all about. It's a beautiful, beautiful town centre on the shores of an alpine lake surrounded by the Alps, and in the back you can even see the glacier Kitsteinhorn, um, which allows skiing all year round. So, Telemsee really has something to offer for everyone. Um, as I said, it's a beautiful town centre. So you have a perfect combination of actually the town and the nature. So if your clients are keen adventurers or explorers, there are lots of experiences they can do in their free time. There's hiking, there's mountain biking or boat trip or just relax and do a yoga class in this beautiful stunning nature or go to a spa. And one of the coolest things I think in Selamseer is to go up the glacier and go to tobogganing in summer, which can, yeah, which is just an amazing experience.
0: And you wouldn't be expecting that at all. <laughs> tobogganing in summer.
1: Yeah, another, um, really cool and interesting activity in Selangor is the the um, alpine nature tours with local park rangers because Sea is surrounded by um, nature parks, and this tour gives you an insight into the different climate zones in the flora and fauna, um, and you end up. At the top of Salzburg, the top of Salzburger Land, what they call it. It's a viewing platform of over 3,000 meters, and you have the most amazing and stunning view of the whole region.
0: Wow, what a start to the experience. Uh, With the two night stay here, it seems there is absolutely ample time to get, time to be local and embrace this beautiful alpine town. I know we get a chance to make cheese dumplings whilst we're here. Oh, yeah. We recommend in some of the uh, free time our guests make their way up the cable car to, and God help me, I can't (laughs) pronounce this word. Help me, please help me.
1: (laughs) Schmittenhöhe. I
0: was going to say that too. No, I wasn't. Um, But an amazing time, you know, way to get up in the middle of the Alps there, you know, whether it is going for a spa or going for a walk, going for a ride or a hike. Um, This one little quaint town, which is only our start, really offers quite a bit. But we can't stay here all day, unfortunately. Let's uh, make our way across to Salzburg. I know a lot of our um, customers really love this destination. And you can tell us a bit more why.
1: Um, Yes, it's also my hometown. So I could probably speak about Salzburg for the next three hours. But (laughs) I won't. (laughs) Um, so as you all probably know, Salzburg is the birthplace of Mozart, with, who is also Austria's most famous son, besides Schwarzenegger, I'd say. Um, and something fact, you might not know about Salzburg is that it's also called the, the Rome of the north. So Salzburg's been or was heavily influenced by the, Catholic Church, you can see that on all the different churches and cathedrals and um, Yeah, they all over the city. So even if you just wander through the city for a couple of hours you get from one stunning Stunning Church to the next Um, It's really really different to to Australia obviously Um, But I know that on the tour, you, your clients will do all the highlights of Salzburg, you go to the, to the Festung, I think so. You have a dinner up there. Um, but here, some, some of my recommendations, I, I definitely suggest to do. The first one is a stroll through the Getreidegasse. That's the first image um, left top. It's Salzburg's most iconic shopping street. You can see all those cool store signs. So everyone, even these days, who opens a store in the Getreidegasse needs to get one of those iron store signs to oh,
0: wow.
1: fit in. Um, and, yeah, it's a good mix of new shops and traditional Austrian shops. So even H&M or Sara, they have one of those iron signs there. So, yeah, it's really cool. And then at the end of Getreidegasse, actually, you get to the Mönchsberg, which is one of the mountains in in Salzburg. Mönchsberg means Mönch or Monk Mountain, actually. And there is a lift that takes you up to the top where the Museum of Modern Arts is located. Oh, wow. And the same building has a restaurant with, the most amazing views of the whole city. The bottom bottom image actually shows the view from the terrace of the M32 restaurant.
0: Wow, I'm definitely Googling it's, that after this chat, definitely, wow.
1: <laughs> um, and then another cafe I really like is the Cafe Tomaselli. Um, there even Mozart used to go and <laughs> The funny fact is that he used to order almond milk before it came trendy. Just to you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang out
1: one. from some almond milk and eat some, some soft-boiled eggs. That's their, their staple. Um, Salzburg is also great to be explored by bike. Um, it's probably one of the most bike-friendly cities, I would say, in the world. Um, along the Saatzak River, um, you can just ride your bike endlessly. And actually, in the south of the city, there is another palace that should be visited by every by everyone, every client. Um, it's called the Helbron Palace.
0: Wow, well the, well the hills are definitely alive at the moment. Uh, Day five for us is almost a complete free day, so all of those suggestions are absolutely amazing. Walk, ride, relax, maybe a spot of shopping. This wonderful city truly has it all. Now we'll head a little bit more regional instead of heading straight to Vienna. After an out in Tauplitz, we make our way to a UNESCO heritage centre. What's next, Katrina?
1: Let's go to Wachau, which is wonderful. one of Austria's. Famous wine regions. Um, So the Wachau Valley or Danube Valley is probably the most spectacular stretch of the Danube in Austria. Um, And it's it's been a UNESCO World Heritage because of this is special, it's special combination of nature and also culture. As you can see in the top photo there, um, there are lots of palaces and monasteries along, dotted along the Danube. Um, my, a lot of you know that there are lots of Danube cruises, but the Danube cruises, they only scratch on the surface. So I think one of those tours, like backroads touring, where you actually get to experience and stay in the Vahau Valley... Um, is, is a great idea because the region is just so, so beautiful um, Just a couple of weeks ago or maybe two months ago one of the vineyards in the Wachau Valley has been named as the Europe's best vineyard and number three in the world wow. which is pretty amazing It's huge. Yeah, because not many people know how good Austrian wines actually are, so Grunewetlina, for example, you might have heard of this, um, has its origin in Austria, and then it's, brought, it's been brought to Australia in the, in the Adelaide Hills. Um, it, has, it is about the same climate, so it grows really well there. Um, and then, yes, I mentioned uh, the abbeys and monasteries and churches all along the Danube. One of the most significant ones is the Abbey of Melk, um, it's been a spiritual and cultural hub for Austria for the last hundreds of years. Even the Habsburg used to go there. Um, and then another highlight, you saw that on the first photo on this introduction slide to the Wachau, is the ruin of Dürnstein. Dürnstein is the village with the blue and white church. You might have seen, seen a photo of it. Um, and the ruin became famous because of King Lionheart, who used to be a prisoner at this castle.
0: Ooh, there you go. It's amazing. I think, you know, although, you know, as, as, a, as a generic tourist, you've obviously heard of Vienna and you've heard of Salzburg and so they become your icon destinations to why you might travel to, to, to a region like Austria. But realistically, getting off, these, off the beaten path here and, you know, experiencing the roads that's travelled, I mean, even for me, I mean, I haven't been to some of these towns myself and I'm, I'm in awe, absolutely. This is something, some beautiful, and now we're in the wine territory and being an Adelaide boy, um, you are definitely talking my language, but we can't stay here all day, although, once again, I'm sure you could talk for hours about it. Let's move on to the end of our tour, the wonderful and beautiful Vienna.
1: Welcome to Vienna, guys. Um... Yeah, we all know Vienna has a very, very rich history of Habsburg and lots of palaces and churches. But what I want to speak about today is the the green part of Vienna. So Vienna's been, been voted the greenest um, capital in the world just in April this year, and that's due to... Um, the fact that almost half of the city is green area, so it's big parks and um, woods outside the city. It's just it's just so green. So wherever you go, there's always a place where where you can hang out and just just lie in the park and look at the beautiful palace in front of you. You, you probably all know the the gardens of Schönbrunn and the gardens of the Belvedere pa- um, Palace. Um, yeah so that's within the city and then on the outskirts of the city there is another wine region so Vienna is the only metropolis in the world that has enough wine growing within its city limits um, to make it worth mentioning um, there are about 700 hectares of Viennese vineyards and 190 witness all over the city, and uh, Gemischter Satz, which is a blend of white wines, is the city's um, yeah the city's the city's famous wine. Another um, interesting fact from that happened last year is that the local wine tavern culture, we call them Heurigen, um, is a UNESCO UNESCO cultural heritage as well. So it is an absolute must to go and visit one of those local wine taverns. Um, Yes, and then another another part of the city to explore is the Vienna woods. It's also a little bit outside of the city center, but easily reached by public transport. And it has a lot of hiking and um, bike paths. So, even if your clients just want to stay a couple of days longer and want to explore some, some nature around the city, but don't want to go somewhere else or don't want to go to the other side of the country again, Vienna is actually a great place to, to just immerse yourself in, in nature as well.
0: Yeah, and you wouldn't have probably expected that. I mean, I have been fortunate enough to travel to Vienna and I have sat amongst the Schönbrunn Gardens there and just taken it all in, A, the building, Be all the gardens that surround it are simply stunning so um i did know it was as green as you've just mentioned today so the thing i've been loving about these little catch-ups with all the tourism bodies is is this the simple basic things you probably take for granted you haven't really thought of when you're planning your holiday but um we're finding out little tidbits and following on from that There, katrina we finished the tour in vienna so how many days would you recommend to really get a grasp of the city post tour
1: Well, in post-tour, I would probably say two or three days as well because there's just so much to explore. And if you really want to experience the city and all of what it has to offer, I would definitely recommend another two or three days just in Vienna.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you're about right there. And I think you could probably, you know, probably even stretch that a little bit, but two or three days, you, you tick the boxes pretty well. You have a couple glasses of wine and you, uh, you have a lovely little walk. And lots you of might need another day. <laughs> <laughs> you might need another day. But you know, to lead on to that topic there, pre and post suggestions, I mean, with our um, two, two tours there, we get to visit quite a lot, lot of the regions um, within. But, you know, to maximise your time, um. Where else could, do you think we should do some pre and post accommodation to, to to really get a grasp of all that Austria has to offer?
1: So I I think Innsbruck should definitely be included. Um, it's in the west. Innsbruck is also called the capital of the Alps. Ah. So it is it is just a very unique setting of the city because you have the the historic. Um, Old town of the city, but then it's just surrounded by stunning nature and um, you can actually take the cable car from the city centre up to the North the mountain which takes you within 20 minutes just up to 2,000 metres above sea level and from there you have just an amazing view of the whole city and the good thing is also because Austria is so small and everything is so close to getting Europe. It's only an hour, 45 minutes by train from Munich, for example, or two hours from Salzburg. So yeah, it's really, it's really not far away and it can definitely be done if your clients, for example, land um, two days earlier, maybe even in Munich and then they go to go to Innsbruck for, for two days. That's, I think that's enough to explore, and experience the city. Another highlight for most Australians is the Swarovski crystal world, which is just outside of Innsbruck in buttons. Um, it's a beautiful, It's I wouldn't call it a museum, it's more an art installation. So different designers go in and design different rooms for the crystal world. And all of course with, with Swarovski crystals. Um, and if your clients are some keen hikers, last year or yeah, last year Innsbruck introduced the Innsbruck Trek, which is a flexible long distance track, is about six days long. Um, and you can choose between intermediate or or beginner hikes. So it's all guided and you have luggage transport. So that's another another good way to, to experience The surroundings of Innsbruck
0: wow that's amazing I mean I guess if we're going to talk about Innsbruck I'd have to assume that Graz will be our other city that you're going to try and grab as uh your pre or post destination for for touring can you take us tell us a little bit more as to why the house I mean we we do visit this on our Austro-Hungarian journey um, but you know it was going to be a side piece to our essence of Austria what are we doing in Graz tell us a little bit more.
1: Um, So Graz is often overlooked by tourists. I don't know really why. I think it's because of its location. Most tourists or visitors, they do Vienna, Salzburg, Innsbruck, and then continue on to Switzerland or the other way around. Um, But Graz is located in the southeast of the country. It's only 2 hours 35 minutes by train from Vienna, Um, And you go past the Semmering Pass, which is one of the most scenic train journeys in all of Europe. And it's also the first railway that crossed crossed the Alps or crossed mountains the way it did um, back then. And it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So it's definitely worth worth the train ride from Vienna to, to Graz. And then when you get to Graz, Graz has a couple of highlights. Um, so as you can see here, it's characterised by its red and really nice roofscape um, of the city. It's best seen from the Schlossberg. At the top gives you the best view, view of the whole city. There's also a really nice cafe called Ayola upstairs, offers amazing breakfast. The clock tower is the city's landmark, um, and then two other highlights are the Kunsthaus Graz, which you can see on the left side. It's it's a weird shape, and local locals call it the friendly alien. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it it was built because in two thousand and. I think it was, I'm pretty sure, Um, Graz wanted to be or became a cultural capital for Europe and they needed a museum for contemporary art um, and modern art. So they built a friendly alien just in the middle of the city. (laughs) And then in contrast to the modern art, there is the Syrian armory which is the world's largest historical armory, um, with around 32,000 objects and swords and oh. knights. And it's all in there. So it's really, really interesting.
0: A lot of history, a lot of history indeed.
1: Yeah. But my, my personal highlight of Graz is the culinary side. So... Graz is called the culinary capital of delights of Austria. It's surrounded by lush farmland, beautiful wine country, and all over the city there are different farmer's markets where you can source and try and just wander around and, yeah, get a, get a little taste of Graz. Some of my must-tries are the Syrian fried chicken, the pumpkin seed oil, and the runner bean salad. Um, Yeah, that thing
0: got my uh, one down the bottom. I saw a wine tavern there, so I'd be be locking myself into.
1: Yeah, true. The local wine taverns just outside, outside of the city, they're beautiful too, and they they offer local produce, homemade honey, and bread and butter, and you can enjoy all of that with a beautiful glass of wine.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, this has been a massive week for Austria tourism here in Australia. I know this has occupied your time the greater part of the last couple of months. So um, why don't we introduce what you've been working on and what's in it for the agents?
1: Um, so this is our, our new baby. It's called the Austria Travel Expert Program. Um, we launched it this week on Monday with the first three modules. So it is a training platform for all travel, travel agents in Australia and New Zealand. And um, it is its focus is on must-sees, hidden gems, but also what will, um, what can visitors expect next year or the year after, as soon as we can go and visit Austria again, and also how the tourism industry in Austria adapted to COVID-19. So all of that you will learn in the different modules. The first three, as I said, have been released on the Monday. The next three will come end of September and then we've got two more in November. So it's really a program over the next couple of months. And the best thing about it is probably the price that can be won at the end. So if you complete all eight modules by 11th December 2020, um, you go in the draw to win a week-long trip for two to Austria, including flights and train passes. Um, we also have some other goodies to be won. Wine. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Got to yeah. be authentic.
0: Got to be authentic.
1: <laughs> so you you will be able to experience Austria with your favourite plus one and you can visit all the destinations we just talked about. So, Yeah. It's austriatravelexpert.com and it's quite easy. It won't take you too long, but um, yeah, you will learn about all things Austria and you are also able to download all the information you get as a PDF. So you can refer to it later or you can send it to your clients. Um, oh, yeah.
0: Wow. I mean, I knew we were launching this, uh, the, the page. I didn't know there was a chance for our guys to win a trip to Austria. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're subscribing to www.austriatravelexpert.com. I mean, they've broken up the modules all the way through to December, so it's not too laborsome for you to knock this off. But the chance for you guys to win this trip, including train passes, so you can visit all of these amazing towns we, we go to, bang, had been sold. If only I was an agent, I would jump on and do this myself. But um, on behalf of Backroads Touring Co., I'd like to thank you, um, Katrina, from Austria Tourism to, for coming on with us today, taking us on the journey or through the essence of what is Austria. I have learned a truckload. I have learned so, so much. I know I underdid Austria when I was there last time, so slap on the wrist for me. But um, would you mind engaging later on, later in the season again to take us back through Austria and to maybe even update these um, training platforms as we,
1: as we go through? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks yeah. so much for having me. That'd be wonderful.
0: Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again for your time and stay tuned for next Tourism Body Tuesday, where we will be having a fantastic new guest. Stay tuned. Hope you're well and goodbye from me. Bye. Hi, my name is Dylan Hearn. and I thank you for tuning in to Come and Let's Talk. Tourism Body Tuesday hosted by your favourites Backroads Touring Co and our wonderful tourism bodies around Australia and New Zealand. Please tune in via Anchor FM, Spotify or Apple Music. We thank you all for your support and we ask you to share this with any of your colleagues or friends. We will continue to try and innovate this learning experience for you all together. For any visuals of our presentations, please log into Facebook and subscribe to Backroads Touring APAC agents, Backroads Touring UK agents, and lastly, Blue Roads Touring NA agents in the North American market. We thank you again and we welcome you to our next podcast very soon.